Hey everybody, welcome to Kern Talks, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church's podcast where we revisit the message from the previous day. I'm Chris DeCue, the worship leader and producer at Kern Church. We know you're busy and maybe don't have time to watch the video for a whole service. Well, we got you covered with Kern Talks. With that said, let's hear Pastor Donna Hester's message from November 29th. Peace. The scripture is from the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 15 to 31. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will send another companion who will be with you forever. This companion is the Spirit of Truth, whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. You know him because he lives with you and will be with you. I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, Ask, Lord, why are you about to reveal yourselves to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, Whoever loves me will keep my word. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever doesn't love me doesn't keep my words. The words that you hear isn't mine. It is the word of the Father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I am with you. The companion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I give to you not as the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. You have heard me tell you I'm going away and returning to you. If you loved me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than me. I have told you before. It happens, so when it happens, you will believe. I won't say much more to you because this world's ruler is coming. He has nothing on me. Rather, he comes to me so that the world will know that I love the Father and do just as the Father has commanded me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our New Testament lesson this morning comes from the letter to the Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32. Therefore, after you have gotten rid of lying, each of you must tell the truth to your neighbor, because we are parts of each other in the same body. Be angry without sinning. Don't let the sun set on your anger. Don't provide an opportunity for the devil. Thieves should no longer steal. Instead, they should go to work, using their hands to do good, so that they will have something to share with whoever is in need. Don't let any foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it is needed for building up the community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. Don't make the Holy Spirit of God unhappy. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. 
Put aside all bitterness, losing your temper, anger, shouting, and slander, along with every other evil. Be kind, compassionate, and forgiving to each other. In the same way, God forgave you in Christ. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning, as we gather and begin the season of Advent, we begin by looking at peace. There are several ways that themes are created around the Advent wreath. Most pronounced are the four themes of peace, hope, love, and joy. And this morning, we will look at peace, and we will look at the ways in which peace affects us and the ways in which we are to share peace and to be a part of God's peace in the world by looking at the individual themes as they are portrayed on the banners of the Advent wreath, we are looking at scriptures that don't necessarily fall in the time of Advent. It might seem a little strange for some of you that we're beginning the season of Advent and yet, our first scripture reading this morning came from the Gospel of John and came from a part of John's story that is not the beginning, but closer to the ending of Jesus' life. But we look at that scripture because as Jesus gave his final words to his disciples, he talked about peace, the peace that he gives, the peace that we look for and we desire. And likewise, the Apostle Paul writes to the Ephesians, and he writes to the church in Ephesus in a way that is different than he writes to most of the churches. Usually, Paul writes with a very specific issue in mind. There is something he directly wants the church to know. But when Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, Paul writes in a much broader setting, a setting that was for Ephesus, a setting that could have been for any of the other churches that Paul wrote to, or truthfully, a setting that is just as prevalent for us today. Peace. Peace. Why do we, when you look for peace, and the interesting thing is, when you think about it, we're looking at different times in history. Jesus talks about peace 
as he is preparing to go to the garden and ultimately to go to the cross. Paul writes about peace to the first century Christians. And how many times have we heard in our lives and maybe even more profoundly, how many times have we heard over the last few months how we need peace. We need peace in our lives, in our society, in the ways in which we live. And if we are truthful and we go back and look at the time in preparation of the coming of the Messiah and the birth of the baby born in Bethlehem, they were looking for peace just as much as we are. But what are we looking for? What were they looking for when we talk about peace? Most often for us, when we seek peace, we're looking for an absence of conflict. Simply we want war, we want anger, we want the ways in which we disagree to disappear. We want serenity. We want contentment. And yet, is that what we're looking for? Is that what Jesus is directing us toward? Is that what Paul was writing to the Ephesians about? Jesus looked at peace in a slightly different way. Jesus said to his disciples, and ultimately Jesus says to us, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I give to you not as the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. I give not as the world gives. While we seek peace and we think we're doing a really good job of having peace if there's an absence of conflict or war or we have a feeling of serenity or contentment, that's not what Jesus is giving. Jesus gives a peace that goes beyond that. Jesus gives a peace that ultimately comes into the point in which we work, we live out of the love of God. Something that is much deeper than the absence of conflict or war. And when Paul wrote about peace to the Ephesians, Paul was talking about a unity a way in which the community 
which was the community of faith, the body of Christ, lived out the love, lived out the ways in which God had loved us and God calls us to be a part of the world, to be a part of the message of the gospel. Paul looks at the Ephesians in the letter and says, put aside all bitterness, losing your temper, anger, shouting, and slander, along with every other evil. Think about that. It's one thing to read it as a part of the scripture lesson. But think about the fact that it is a letter. A letter to the church in Ephesus. What if it was a letter to Kern? Or as we have gone to a virtual church, maybe we need to bring it in even a little more directly. What if it is a letter that was written to you and you have been told to put aside all bitterness, put aside losing your temper, put aside anger, put aside shouting and slander, Put aside the ways in which we disagree with one another and act in unity. Don't make the Holy Spirit of God unhappy. Be at peace with one another. When you hear it that way, when you hear it as a specific letter written to you, calling you to be an instrument of peace, to act in peace, it's a little daunting, isn't it? When you hear that, or when you read that, very... It's very possible that in your mind's eye you can think of someone, maybe more than one occasion, where we failed. Where we failed to put aside bitterness. Or we lost our temper. We were angry. We were shouting and maybe slandering. It's difficult. It's difficult right now in the ways in which we work with one another and we talk with one another and we disagree with one another. More often than not, we find ourselves angry and shouting.
maybe that occurred just a few days ago. As much as we enjoy the holidays, the holidays can be difficult. Sometimes within our own families when we gather, we find ourselves at odds. And we find ourselves losing our tempers, angry and shouting, trying to get our point across, trying to be heard. And even though to some degree Thanksgiving holiday was very different this year, and yet it was the same. We might not have gathered together, but I've heard of family situations where they might have moved from a time together in a room to a time together on Zoom. But the tempers, the shouting, the anger did not change. But Paul calls us to put those things aside. We understand that we will disagree, but how will we disagree? How will we put aside our anger? Earlier in Paul's letter, he says, be angry without sinning. Don't let the sun set on your anger. Yes, there will be anger. Yes, there will be moments when we lose our temper. But how do we act when that happens? How do we bring, bring peace into the situation? It's difficult. It's difficult to find those ways, but we look to the scriptures. We look to the ways in which Paul and Jesus teach us this morning to put aside our bitterness, our tempers, our anger, and our shouting. And to look at the peace that Jesus leaves. It's difficult. It's as difficult for me as it is for anyone. But that's where we have the joy of the season of Advent. It's a time of waiting. It's a time of preparing. Not just preparing our homes or our gift list, or for our parties. But it's a time of preparing our lives. Our lives to reflect the themes of Advent. And this morning, the ways in which we share peace, we receive peace from Jesus, and we share peace with others. Think about it this way. Christmas morning has arrived. 
And almost all of the presents have been opened from underneath the tree. But there's one present left. And that present is not for you, but it is from you. And it is a present to God. A present in which we have spent the time of Advent preparing our lives to be the best child of God we can be. How do you prepare your life, your heart, for peace this season? How do you find ways to release the bitterness? How do you find ways to keep your temper? How do you find ways to subside your anger or at least make sure that you do not let the sun set on your anger? Peace is more than the absence of conflict around us. It's an understanding of the love of God, and it's a sharing of that love with others. This morning, as we think about ways in which we can be instruments of peace, we pray the prayer of St. Francis, a prayer that is also known as the peace prayer. Let us pray. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page, at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.